Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. Welcome back to I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my guy, Brandon Flowers. And is there a quarterback controversy with the Washington Commanders? Now, let's put this into perspective, B-Flow. The Commanders have won three out of the last four games with Taylor Heineke starting right this last night, 17 and 29 for 211 yards. You did have that interception. Um, and it was the last game that you know Carson Wentz technically has to miss before he can come off injured reserve. Now, commanders head coach Ron Rivera said last week that Wentz is throwing as he works his way back from a finger injury, but didn't offer any updates after Monday's win about whether Wentz will be back at practice this week. Now, Rivera said. Uh, now, Rivera said he thinks Heineke has grown as a cornerback from previous seasons while saying any quarterback plans for the future would be discussed on Tuesday. Now, Heineke said he feels a lot more comfortable out there and a lot more confident while adding that he won't be disappointed if the team opts to move him back down the depth chart. This is what uh, Taylor Heineke said. Should he uh, uh, should Carson be the starter when he returns being healthy? I don't know. It's it's their decision. It's out of my hands. Uh, you know, I, I'm one of those guys where if my number's called, and I'm ready to go. So uh, whatever decision they make, you know, if, if it's it's backing up Carson, let's go. You know, I'm I'm excited for him and and see what he can do. Now Rivera did not make any pronouncements about who is starting against the Texans in Week 11, but noted that Wentz has not been cleared to return after finger surgery at this point and that the team would see how things play out before any final decisions. Now, according to The Athletic, this is what Rivera had to say. He said, we're going to see what happens this week in regards to the quarterback controversy. Let me ask you, Brandon Flowers, should uh, Taylor Heineke remain the starter at quarterback right now? Yes, I don't even know why we even bringing up quarterback controversy. We seen what Wentz did when he had the starting <laughs> job. We seen Ron Rivera say we don't have a quarterback when Wentz was under center. <laughs> so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> like, so why would you even think about going back to him? Like, the morale of the team is up. You want three out of four. Like, keep it going. To me, it's a no brainer. I I like Taylor Heineke over Wentz when Wentz first came in. Like, I mm. wonder why. Wentz got the starting job, you know? I don't – we was talking about this a little bit before we came back on air. Uh, Taylor Heineke gives his uh, team a best chance to win. To me, he's the perfect backup that could win six to seven games, or if you're a quarterback out four games, 
he can get that done, right? Almost like Cooper Rush did. Or he'll be the perfect bridge quarterback where it's like you don't want your team to win three or four games and you're just the laughing stock of the league. He can come in and win five, six, maybe seven, maybe go 500, you know, uh, under quarterback until you get your franchise quarterback. So why not keep him going and see if he can give you some mojo? I'm telling you, he's Fitzpatrick all over again. The team go mm. rally behind him. You see how the whole sideline was pumped up. He was pumping his arms every time he got a first down. And defensive guys, dudes, we love to see that. When we oh, see yeah. our quarterback have that energy, that's why I love playing with Phillip Rivers so much. When I see him talking in defender's face, pointing first down, <laughs> blowing them trash. kisses, saying, I'm going to throw at you. Like, when you got back on defense, you was ready to make plays and party and get them back the ball so you can sit down and watch them boys go to work. So they definitely have to roll with Taylor Heineke. I think uh, Ron Rivera just don't want to be too disrespectful and just say, nah, like, Wentz got to sit down. He's going to play it cool for a little bit, but – at the end of the day, it, it shouldn't be no quarterback controversy at all. This is definitely going to Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I, I agree with you. As Chase Young would say, Taylor Heineke. Like, this guy just brings <laughs> the energy to this locker room. We talked about, you know, Terry McLaurin. Like, if you just look at his numbers with Taylor Heineke compared to what they were with Carson Wentz, significant difference, right? They have a real rapport on the outside, and the offense just flows better with Taylor Heineke yeah, because the coaching staff knows exactly who he is, right? We're going to run the football, like you said before. We're only going to give him, you know, 25 to 30 throws a game, right? We're not going to go out here and have him throw 50 times a game. We're going to try to minimize the opportunities the other offense has with the ball. We want to win time of possession. And now they potentially could be getting Chase Young back this week. So, you know, this team is really built off that front four for the Washington Commanders. So that'll help. With you know, you know Taylor, uh, Taylor Heineke in this offense because they'll be able to get more bites at the apple if they're able to get off the field more three and outs. So yeah. to me, it's not a controversy at all, right? You weren't even in contention when Carson Wentz was quarterback, yeah. and honestly, that Chicago game—they only won that game because Chicago had a late turnover in that game. They're able to to score at the end of that game to win that game, and I think it was a low-scoring game. Might have been like ten-seven or something like that, or thirteen-ten or something like that. But with, with Taylor Heineke, right, you can win games 17 yeah. to 19. You can win 24 to 23. He gives you that opportunity because he. we saw just yesterday how when he runs the offense and runs it to perfection, it minimizes what the other op- offense can do. So, like, to your point before, I don't think this is a controversy at all. Ron Rivera, I think, already said in another article or interview, he has to feel the feel how the team is feeling, right? And right now, the team obviously is all on the, the Taylor Heineke train, right? I think sure. Ron always listens to his team, right? And he feels the flow. He's done this for a long time. He understands momentum's a a real thing in the NFL, and I think they're gonna ride this wave, right? Like now, we were talking off camera and off mic, you know, during the break before we started talking about this. Just the only thing with Taylor Heineke, right? There'll be games like last night where he beats the number one team in the NFL. <laughs> and he'll mess around and go out like this week and mess around and lose to the Houston Texans. He cannot have a letdown, right? This is a game they have to have this week. And the Houston Texans will fight you. Like they fought yeah, the New York yeah. Giants this last week. We talked about their offensive line. Like Laramie Tunsil was playing at an all pro level. Tyus How- Titus Howard, their, uh, their right tackle, playing at a really high level right now. Damian Pierce. It's not just playing at a rookie offensive rookie of the year level. He's playing at a Pro Bowl running back level. So, like, this is a team that's gonna gonna come in there with some grit and fight. 
This ain't yeah. going to be no easy win. Like, you're going to have to go earn it just like you did versus the Philadelphia Eagles. So, like, you can't have a letdown if you're Taylor Heineke. You got to go out there, perform, ball out. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. but with my guy, Brandon Flowers. Before, let's look at the NFC East big picture, right? With the Philadelphia Eagles losing last night, it kind of opened up the door to potentially somebody else winning the NFC East. New York Giants are right there at 7-2. The Cowboys did take a loss to the Packers, but they're still 6-3. And, and the Commanders now, they have an opportunity to maybe slide in in a wild card spot, right? If you look at the remaining schedules, I mean, the Eagles, if you look at that schedule, it, it ain't too shabby, right? You got the Colts, who just had came off a big win versus Las Vegas Raiders. They're going to be at home, right? Jeff Saturday seems like he's going to try to turn that team around. And I think they're going to have the same game plan that the commanders just had, right? They're yeah. going to try to minimize yeah. the game and they're going to run the pill. They're not going to have Matt Ryan drop back 40 or 50 times. They're going to run the football. Gilly Lock still one of the best corners in the game. He proved that with the game on the line when they went to Devontae Adams and knocked the ball away to win the game. Then they got the Packers next who are trying to research, right? Followed by the Titans. You know what they're going to bring in that run game? And they have the New York Giants twice with the Cowboys still on the schedule. And at the Bears, that could be a scary game, too, the way Justin Fields and that offense has been playing lately. Look yeah. at the Giants. They got the Lions. They got the Cowboys. They got the Washington uh, Commanders, Eagles, Washington Commanders, Vikings, Colts, Eagles. So the Giants still got a lot of division games. Matter of fact, I think they've only <laughs> played one division game so far. So they got a yeah. lot of division games. So they can still make some moves. You know, the Cowboys, their schedule is not that easy either. They got the Vikings. They got the Eagles again. They got the Commanders again. And the Titans too, and so, they the Cowboys. So you <laughs> they gonna like, find a way to, to mess yeah, it up. They'll find a way to blow it. They'll find. But, a way. I mean, if you look at the commander, you, you went over there. <laughs> Sean, our producer, don't like that. He's a big Cowboys fan. But if you look at the commanders, you went over their their schedule, remaining schedule earlier, right? Texans yeah. a winnable game. Falcons a winnable game. Giants with Taylor Heineke, I think that's a winnable game. And yeah. it's weird because they have the Giants that have the bye and have the Giants again. Now they do have the 49ers and they finish with the Cowboys. Those to me are going to be the two games, right? If they, the game if they can just the... split one with the Giants, right? Mm-hmm. And even if they lose to the 49ers, if they can win versus the Browns and Cowboys, I think that puts them at like 10 and 7. So they, now they, they have to beat the 49ers, dudes, because. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I said they go, I'm giving them that L. You go give them that L. I think they go mount up because right now they one game out of the playoff picture right now. They like eighth, right? And the 49ers yeah, are like seven. That. They, and the 49ers are seventh right now, like right on that fringe. Oh, 49ers yeah. about to make a run. We both know that. They mm. finally healthy now. <laughs> They're healthy, but Jimmy G still go hit or miss, right? They not just go. What did they do this past Sunday, B Flow? It doesn't matter. It's no team in the NFC. No, I'm not even talking about him. I said, what did the team do? It still doesn't They took matter. the game out of his head. We're going to run the pill. That's what they do. You already know. They're going to play defense and run the pill. There's no team in the NFC that can just win three, four games straight. There's no team in the NFC that I trust. I think the 49ers are that team right now. What get so because McCaffrey came over there, they give you that feel yeah. that they can and do Debo's that? healthy and Trent Williams is healthy. Yes. <laughs> you, think, you people care. you forget that they was hurt. They back now. And yeah, Kyle Yushik. But they still have Jimmy G at quarterback, which I don't <laughs> I like Jimmy G. Like, but I just don't I do see too. him as a quarterback that gonna be like hey we finna go on a full game run like let's go if they're playing the nfc west you don't see that they're playing the cardinals which is the cardinals are terrible right now but that's still <laughs> I'm about to say game. what <laughs> listen that's a division game but then you got the saints where they'll win but then you they'll got the dolphins them. 
But then you got the Dolphins. I can't wait to see that game. McDaniel then you got Shanahan. Woo! So look, you got the Dolphins, and then you got the Bucks, which is going to be tough. Brady's be coming tough to one. San is that, Francisco. Is that San Fran? Yeah, they Brady's going to San Francisco. Brady's not where from. And then still, you have. I still like. I still like San Fran. And then you got Seattle after that. Before you got the Commanders, like they got a tough. They, be, they beat them on Seattle already this year. That's why they go split. That's all that means. <laughs> they might. They so, might. so their schedule is pretty tough. I don't see where they can go on a three, four game winning streak. In but it. B, we always talk about this, right? They've built for this. They've done this the last three years. They've. You remember? Let's not forget. They've had the last couple of years went out to either win a division or get in. Last year, they, I think they had to win three straight to get to the playoffs, and then they went all the way to the NFC Championship game. So this I, that's one team like we always talk about. They're built for this type of situation right now. I don't trust a secondary. I do not trust a secondary. Hold on. Right now. You don't like Teleno, Hufunga, Jimmy Ward, Chavez Ward. Mm, I don't trust them. I don't trust them. They can. Nah, I, th- I think Mosley getting hurt was a big loss. That was a big loss. That was that a massive. And then you know Verrett was going to come back, and then he they was expecting him to come back and be the number one. Yeah, like, so, well, two because they paid they paid Jadavius Ward like number one money. I'm telling you, all right, we're gonna yeah. see. Right, yeah, I get it. Look, Lenore, in. Lenore is a young kid. He's made some mistakes, but I like how he competes. Um, but Ward has played well. Both Wards have played well. I think Teleno Nafunga is going to be a pro bowler right now. Yeah, he's been balling. I yeah, bro. I'm not worried about the defense. It's the offense. Right. Mike McGlinchey and right tackle been getting cooked. I can't <laughs> wait to say I told you so, but let's we, go. We go see. <laughs> Speaking about the, the NFC West, one more subject before we get out of here. It looks like Rams receiver Cooper Cup avoided a major injury but still could be out for several weeks now. Rams receiver Cooper Cup may have avoided a worst-case scenario with his ankle injury, but lost, uh, the Los Angeles Rams' best offensive player will be out for several weeks. Head coach Sean McVay told reporters on Tuesday that Cup will undergo tightrope surgery for his high ankle sprain and will be placed on injured reserve now. Cup's surgery will require about five to six weeks for him to recover. McVay did not rule out Cup. Uh, not rule Cup out for the rest of the season. Cup will have to spend at least four weeks on IR, though. A six-week absence would have Cup back in time for the last games of the season against the Chargers and the Seahawks. But with the Rams at three and six heading into Sunday's game at New Orleans, it's in many ways hard to see Los Angeles, you know, playing meaningful games in week 17 and 18. And, you know, the Rams just keep getting beat up. Right guard Chandler Brewer sustained a great three MCL against the Cardinals. While Brewer managed to play through it and finish the game, the injury will require surgery and sideline him for four to six weeks as well. And Sean McVay also announced Tuesday that left tackle Alaric Jackson, who missed last week's game with a knee injury, has blood clocks and we placed on blood thinner uh, medication and missed the remainder of the season. They do feel like Sean McVay said we do feel like he's going to be okay in regards to Jackson. B-Flow, if you are the Rams, do you sit Cooper Cup down for the rest of the season just because again three and six not it looks bleak right now you may not even have an opportunity to get in the playoffs do you just rest them and get them ready for next year for sure because if you look at cooper cup he been he been like running the whole offense, on that ankle <laughs> like yeah but but that ankle been bothering him for like three weeks i don't Correct. know why it hasn't been like a bigger issue because I was watching the game. I'm like, why is Cooper Cup still playing? Like, he's hobbling out there. The thing is crazy because uh, he's a tough dude, but I'm like, sometimes, you know, the coach got to protect the players from themselves. Yeah. Like, a couple of those, like this 49ers game, the game was out of hand already when he got hurt. 
Why was he, he even in the game the at that point? Yeah, they trying <laughs> to feed him the rock while he hurt. So you definitely need to shut him down because he should. He he probably won't be back to week thirteen. And yeah. like you said, like they'll be out of it. They're not gonna be in playoff contention. That's one of those players that you know are part of your core going forward. And you yeah. don't want him to come back with two, get three games left in the season, re-injure it, or do something serious to it where now he got to miss half of next year. So just take that L on Cooper Cup. See if you have some young guys that can come in and make some plays who you can trust and gain some confidence in going into next year. Because if not, they're going to have to draft a receiver. Like, yeah, for sure. Cooper Cup, when he's not going to get it done by himself. So you got to see if those young guys go step up or like you're not going to win games anyway. So you'll get a shot at the top three, four receivers in the draft this year. Yeah, but you know, their, their draft situation is a little iffy because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't care about, about picks. That. But uh, one word to answer real quick before because we got a break. Yes or no uh, question. Any chance the Rams can turn it around and make a run? There's no chance. With, <laughs> with all the injuries, there is no chance. Hi, everyone. This is Hope Solo, World Cup champion and host of Hope Solo Speaks, a Sirius XM podcast. I'm so excited about the Men's World Cup starting November 20th, and we'll have coverage all tournament long. I'll be talking to former players, top analysts, and offering some of my unique perspective as Team USA looks to make a deep run in Qatar. Download new episodes of Hope Solo Speaks right now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every Thursday. USA! 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 The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. And Bill Coward had to get some things off his chest about the Indianapolis Colts hiring Jeff Saturday. Listen to what the old ball coach had to say. I know for a fact that Jeff Saturday was offered an opportunity to become an assistant coach with the Indianapolis Colts multiple times in the last four years. He declined, citing that he had a TV job and wanted to spend more time with his family. Mm-hmm. I get it. That's fair. I get it. Coaching is about commitment and it's about sacrifice. That being said, Jeff Saturday has taken a position this year as a consultant for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. And he's talked to them weekly from his home in Atlanta. Wow. Now to find out on Monday, in that short period of time, he's now the head coach of the new Indianapolis Colts, overseeing a staff that he chose not to to not to choose not to join because of a lifestyle Jeff Sari talked about in his first press conference the fact that he's going to use his second half as an opportunity to build his resume 
to see whether or not he can coach in the future. Mm. I say to that, what about the assistants on the staff right now? The guys that were there in training camp, the guys that were there early in the morning and late at night, the guys that have gone through the first six weeks in that building, guys like Gus Bradley, Scotty Montgomery, uh, John Fox, don't they deserve the opportunity for an owner to hire a coach who's never been an assistant at the college level or the pro level and overseeing a very much a lot of candidates that are qualified for that job, as we see in Steve Wilkes, an opportunity to build a resume. It's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Mm. And regardless of how this thing plays out, what happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. Mm. Some strong words, Brandon Larry. Disgrace, travesty. Let me empathize with Bill Cowan. I get it. Played in the NFL, coached 15 years for the Pittsburgh Steelers, had to work up the ranks, right? But it also sounds like a little hateration in there, Brandon Flowers, if you ask me, right? Um, granted, I was kind of like Bill Cowher when I first heard this. I thought it was disrespectful, um, more specifically to the players in that locker room that haven't been around him right now. He was a consultant. And if you're the player on that locker room, be Brandon Flowers, and this happens, you're like, what the hell are we doing? Is this a tankathon? Like, but granted, you know, maybe Jim Ursay knows something, right? Because we've seen this in other positions. We saw John Lynch leave from calling games and go straight to being a GM. And Brandon Flowers, it's worked out for the 49ers, right? Yeah. So so for me, dudes, I was like you when I first heard to be honest, when I first heard it, I wasn't so against it, but I understand where Bill Cowell come from. He comes from Correct. that old school. We got to work our way up and you have to have all these stripes to be a head coach. And like you said, Gus Bradley, he, John Fox, John Fox. head coaches, Ron Miley. And, and let's not forget, for if Jim Ersay wanted to go the player route, Reggie Wayne was on that staff. Yes. But at the or end is of on the, that staff. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, what do we talk about earlier? Coaching is all about leading men, right? Mm, Can thank you, you motivate men? Have your offensive coordinator to call the plays, your defensive coordinator call the plays, and that's it. You don't worry about no plays being called. You worry about managing the game. If mm. a player is having a tough time on the field, you bring them to him. You go up to him. You talk to him. Give him some words of encouragement. And that's how all the head coach is supposed to do. Like, Correct. this is a new wave where you see Andy Reid, Sean Payton. Everybody doesn't do that. Like, everybody – like Andy Reid, Sean Payton, uh, Andrew down in Miami, like they're calling plays and being a head coach. Like this is this new wave that's happening right now. But at the end of the day, we've been in those locker rooms. We need somebody that's going to motivate us. And football is just so slow to this. In the NBA, they hire coaches all the time with no experience. Steve and Nash. Now that was, a, that was a disaster, Steve, but. <laughs> but what have Steve Kerr did? Steve Kerr went in and won championships because why? He went and he managed that team. Mark Jackson did a great job, but he's like, hey, yeah. I know how to manage these guys. I can get the best out of these guys. And he ain't turned back yet. So I don't, I'm not so against of Jeff Saturday getting a shot. Like everybody needs opportunity. I don't care if you had the credentials, the strikes. If you can get the job done, go in and show you can get the job done. So I have no problem with the hire. Yeah. As I look at this, one, you made my point about Rich Basaccia. You know that, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> he was a great leader of men, right? And yeah. he delegated his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, let them call the plays. And he was especially his coach, but he just led the team, 
right? And they led them all the way to the playoffs. And sometimes you just need a great leader, man. And I really love what Jeff Saturday did in his open press conference. He said, I might be terrible at this. And at the end of the season, I'll go back to my cushy job at ESPN. But he says, you know what, for dang sure I'm not going to do, I'm not going back down. One thing I know I am for sure is a great leader of men. And you love hearing that. I talked to a few players on that coach team, right? And they felt like we felt when it first happened. Like, this is some crazy stuff. Like, I felt from from my brother, Steph Gilmore, right? He's like in year 10 or 11. If they were going to do this, I'm like, they could have traded this man at the trade deadline. He's still playing at a Pro Bowl level. But he, him, the Forrest Buckner, they both said they loved the energy that this guy brought in to the building, right? And it paid dividends Sunday. They got the win. You know another reason why I'm more inept to liking this? Because it changed the narrative of the coaching hiring. Brandon yeah. Flowers, how many times have we talked about the recycle of same coaches moving from team A to team B over and over and over again? Yeah. Right? Well, when you do something like this, say Jeff Saturday does really well, he can start changing up the way teams are formed. That's why I was so excited for this Detroit Lions team, right? Team made up of all players. If they succeed, Brandon, it changes the narrative in the NFL. And that scares current coaches right now. But we <laughs> something needs to change. We can't keep refunneling these same terrible coaches in the NFL. Yeah, that, that's why I said earlier, like, I agree. We, we got to change some up. The NFL is just slow to making splashes. That's just so against the grain. I really hope Jeff Saturday going in went out. And he, now, bro, I he's hope he went out for real and messed Texas. around and win a division. <laughs> he does a great job. And they see uh, Jeff Saturday, even though Mike Vrabel went back to Ohio State and coached and he coached in the league, but players that came back and understand what it takes to mold a locker room, like those are the guys that I would love to see that those are the guys getting it done. Because, like you said, when he came in that first uh, press conference, Jeff Saturday, who I'm referring to, how honest he was players respect honesty Man. don't come in here acting like you know it all don't act like you finna change this and that like listen just give me a chance i'm gonna give you everything i got and that's all you can ask for for a player and then he made a great decision going with matt ryan like yo i know y'all bench matt ryan i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna say matt ryan i want you as my starter so that's that's like a game. De- that's, that's not in the uh, in the game decision, but that's situational. Like, well, he made a big one during the game, challenging a catch by the Raiders. That was actually an incomplete pass. Yeah. And they got the ball back, kicked the field goal right before half. So those are some of the things that, you know, everybody was watching when he was on the sideline. I love it. Those are the things that you have to manage, right, that you talk about before managing the game, understanding situational football, understanding when you can use your challenges, when you should call timeouts. And when to 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 maybe step in and be the head coach and then when to delegate and let your coordinators do things. And exactly. I would say grade A for him in his first time being a head coach. I mean, another thing, Parks Frazier, hire him as the offensive coordinator. That's the real MVP because he bro, never called like, games before. That's more hard than being a head coach. That's more Bro, difficult. never have you ever called a game in your first time is Jeff Saturday hiring you as – the, the play caller, you have to go against the Raiders after all this happens. And they had a great game plan. They ran the football, which we know the that. Indianapolis Colts can do. Matt Ryan was efficient with the football, didn't put it in harm's way. And even Mighty Ice used his legs. 39-yard yeah. scamper to close out the game. Like, Park Frazier's called a hell of a game. That and went we so all under were scratching the radar. Our... Go ahead, B-Flow. 
No, I'm saying that that went so under the radar that Parks Frazier, like I don't think people understand how hard it is. Bro, it's damn near impossible. Game. Not everybody, because we talk about it, right? There's an epic flow to the game. And you have your first 15 plays that are scripted, right? Yeah. After that, that's when it's nut cutting time. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> are you going to be able to make the adjustments on the fly? And he did that. And for somebody that's never done it, I don't right. want to say he looked like a vet, but he looked like he belonged. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Be Brandon Flowers. And not everybody can do that. Like, we talked about it. It takes a special talent to call games. That's why so many of these coaches that are head coaches are the play callers on teams. Mike McDaniels, uh, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Josh McDaniels. Like, these guys are the play callers because they've been doing it for years. But this guy has never really done it. And technically, Mike McDaniel, I don't think, has done it because Kyle Shanahan technically Shanahan was, was calling the play. Yeah, yeah, so he's done a heck of a job doing it this year. But Got he's been shot. under his tutelage for so many years. We knew it's, he was probably going to be smooth and doing it. But for Park Frazier, yeah, you can be in all the meetings all you want. But when that, when that mic is given to you and you got to call that play down to the quarterback, you know, situational football, understand what you got to do. It's a totally different beast. So I'm all for this. I'm I'm with Chad too, right? I mean, I don't think it's Nathaniel Hackett's problem, but bring in Unk, bring in Shannon Sharp <laughs> off, you know, off the desk. Have him be the head coach. Maybe he can turn some things around. Unk ain't leaving that desk. He's making too nah, much money. Yeah, he make away too much. <laughs> He's like, I get to do what I want to do every day. I don't got to live stress free. Ain't no way I'm coming off this desk. But as you can see, this idea from the coach, I think this is what scares Bill Coward. I think it's kind of percolated people's minds, right? Mm -hmm. Because we we heard the Dan Orlowski thing. Maybe he becomes on the staff. Yeah. Darius Butler, who Jeff yeah. Saturday was a teammate with. Maybe he leaves, you know, the Pat McAfee show and becomes a defensive back coach. Like, maybe guys start giving. And honestly, right, like, coaching is an art form. Right. Mm -hmm. But who better to do it than guys that actually played the position? Right? We understand what that. the players are going through and what they've We've been, been through. in the meeting rooms. And We've we been say, there. <laughs> they attacking us like this. Why don't we just do this? Like in the NFL, people don't understand how smart NFL players are. And Correct. they're the ones in the game and saying, coach, I know what you're seeing, but they're attacking us like this. How about we switch this up? We refer so many things to coaches and we Man. know how to communicate with different players because that's what we had to do our whole life. We had to communicate with everybody in our position meetings on a team. So we know how to communicate. So maybe it can switch to how basketball is because basketball, they hire a lot of former players. So let's get this wave going. It's a Man, I like it. And you make a perfect example. I remember a couple of times when I was at Rex Ryan and Rex is one of the smartest defensive minds I knew, you know, grew up in football. His dad, Betty Ryan was a legend, right? So, we were playing, I think it was the Miami Dolphins, and they were lining up in 11 personnel, increasing us on the run. And like you said, B-Flow, we see the game out there on the field. Some see it better than others. I was always one that prouded myself on being, you know, deep in film study and understanding different concepts, right? More than just the D-line. I used to try to learn what the DBs and linebackers did because I knew when I could take chances, if there was a safety dropping down in the box, I knew I could maybe take a chance right there because he had my back. Um, so I tell Rex, why don't we get out of regular nickel personnel and play big nickel? That way we still get our slot guy in, yeah. but yet you got a bigger end on the outside to really set the edge and, and, and really funnel the run back. 
and we started cooking the Dolphins after that. So I, I'm, that's not me to toot my horn or anything, but I like the point that you brought up. Yeah, we know right? the game. Players are smart. We know the game. Like, we know, understand what's happening. And we can relate that to coaches. Now, it's all about the coaches listening and being able to trust us to make those adjustments. Now, part of your job as a coach is to make those adjustments, right? But sometimes you don't see everything. And yeah. maybe a player can point you out to something that you didn't see that could benefit the team. So, again, I'm with you, B-Flo. Let's start this wave. At first, I was against it. But I think I go back to when I was considering being a college coach, right? And me, you know, everybody that knows me, I'm a grinder. I start from the bottom up because I, I like that because I get to learn things on the way up. But yeah. honestly, I think, like, coming out after I finished football in the league, I honestly thought I could have been hired as an assistant D-line coach or a D-line coach right out the gate just because of the knowledge I had. Now, again, coaching is a little different. I don't want to disrespect coaches by any manner, Right. But what you talked about, just the knowledge of the game. And then also players being able to relate to you goes a long yeah. way in how players play for you on that field. Yeah. And I think that's something that I have a leg up on on other people. Right. So maybe this thing start. Maybe Jim Mercer was smarter than us all. And this starts a wave and guys come off the desk, get hired and we have a whole new football. I am athlete tonight is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.